When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax rider. Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Crowds back at the footy, which is good news. How many might not be as good a news? And we find out in 24 hours whether the AFL will introduce a speed limit to the AFL. You can still have your say on the news of the day, whether that be David McKay on Time On. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to Time On uh, for a Wednesday night. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 of course, is the number to have your say on the news of the day. Uh, there is Midday Madness, of course, where Dwayne makes the promise you call, you get on. Well, that is our promise to you on Time On uh, in much the same vein that you can have your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 We do it all for Essendon GWM Havel. The Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on. You can text us. As well, 0433981116 on the temper text machine. Temper, a mattress like no other. So today we found out that uh, restrictions are going to ease a little further. Not all the way, but just a little bit more, inch by inch. So as of midnight on Thursday, a few things uh, will take place. But from a sporting point of view, this was probably the one that uh, mattered the most uh, in terms of the AFL uh, and in terms of Friday night's game between the uh, Cats and the Dogs. Now, I also know that footy, of course, is something on a lot of people's minds. And while we can't have the crowds back in Melbourne just yet, uh, we will be able to get some fans along to the game in Geelong on Friday. So we'll work with the AFL and the clubs to allow a crowd of up to 7,000 people uh, from the region. So Colac, Otway, City of Greater Geelong, Queenscliff and the Surf Coast to attend at Cadinia Park. Uh, provided they are members of the two clubs uh, playing, so we can keep a very tight record of who attends. Acting Premier James Molino today uh, giving us the news that 7,000 people would be allowed to attend that game. So how they came up with that number, I'm not entirely sure. I know that in regional areas at the moment, you can have uh, in outdoor venues one person in every four square metres. So whether they've done the maths, whether they've calculated that that's exactly... Uh, how they've come up with that number, I'm not sure. Uh, Brett Sutton was asked a a little bit more uh, about the crowds and uh, he was asked if uh, the crowds... uh, He was asked about that crowd and on remaining cautious about bringing crowds back to football. 
I'm hoping that we can get footy back to Melbourne uh, as soon as possible. I don't want it to be deferred any longer than it has to be, but I don't want us to be in a situation again uh, where there might be cases in the community going to the football with this Kappa variant or Delta variant in particular. Well, the Geelong proposal um, for this Friday is at 20 per cent, so there'll be 7,000 people there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll work by increments for, for venues in the city uh, in the same way. So that was Brett Sutton, the Chief Health Officer, today speaking about the crowd. So 20 per cent is the number that they've come up with for Geelong. Uh, no real explanation on how that number came about and obviously very cautious on uh, not wanting to run that same, well, not running, wanting to run into the same problems that they did last time uh, with uh, transmissions occurring uh, at the footy. Uh, 1300 736 736. And of course, we have been conditioned that something is better than nothing, but it does seem to be happening very, very slowly. I think even the, the staunchest of supporters of um, all the restrictions would be, we're just starting to be test the patients just starting to test the patience of even the most staunch of supporters. one 736 So among the changes, uh, apart from that, that will come in as of 11.59 tomorrow night for Metro Melbourne, the 25-kilometre travel limit will be removed. Private gatherings in the home limited to two adults per day, plus kids. Public gatherings, 20 people max. Office work, 50 percent can return or 20 people whichever is greater but you're still encouraged to work from home where you can religious gatherings 150 people per venue no more than 75 indoors weddings no more than 20 physical uh, recreation and sports such as gyms open uh, maximum venue capacity of 150 including no more than 50 indoors community sport is open for all ages training and competition uh no masks needed indoors if you can physically distance. If you can't, then uh, a mask is recommended, uh, but still required uh, for indoors. So that uh, 20% capacity, uh, yeah, I'm, people who are telling me it's 20% of, yeah, I understand, 20%. I'm wondering why they picked 20%. That's what I'm saying there wasn't a, an explanation of. I don't need you to tell me that it's 25% of the capacity. What I'm saying is there wasn't an explanation as to how they came to that number. Anyway... Uh, crowds must be from... So this is the other part of what's happening for Geelong uh, in the game between the Cats and the Dogs uh, on Friday night. The crowd must be from the local area and must be members. So Colac, um, Otway, uh, City of Greater Geelong, Queenscliff and the Surf Coast. So the crowds... So anyone going, uh, or you won't be allowed to go unless you are a member of one of the two clubs, and that's for contact tracing. Uh, 0433 We'll get to some Chris Scott audio uh, in just a moment. Uh, what he thought about the crowds being back today when... Uh, just bear with me. This is Chris Scott uh, a little earlier today um, in his press conference when asked about uh, crowds coming back to GMHBA Stadium and playing this game at home. I think it's wrong to um, to imply that it's at the club's call. The AFL makes um, that decision. If we were given a choice, which we weren't, um, our belief is that our home ground should stay at home. I think I've been pretty clear uh, about that over the years. So it's not about vindication at all. Um, yeah, you got to take your small wins when you can get them. I think 7,000 is better than none. So just, just back to that, the AFL statement said it was with close consultation with the club to keep the game at GMHBA. So you're saying that there wasn't any even 
option to, to have it moved elsewhere to like it, say a Sydney where we've seen bigger crowds allowed? No, not that I'm aware of, Mitch, but it's my, not my department. I think it's very nice of the AFL to say that they consulted closely with us, but that's not my understanding. It's not a whack at the AFL, by the way, Mitch. I'm probably started off a bit negatively. The positive is we're getting seven, seven and a half thousand um, supporters at the game. In, in regional Victoria, I think the world's been relatively um, open for a period of time, certainly different to metropolitan Melbourne. So this seems like a win for common sense to some degree. That was Chris Scott. So he might not have been aware. Uh, Brian Cook was on this station yesterday saying that there was consultation with the AFL about where that game should be played and their preference was to play it uh, at home. And that's why the AFL said that they did make that decision in consultation with Geelong. Uh, and as Sam Edmund put it today, he might just be a little mischievous there in Chris Scott. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So the return of community sport means a return of the VFL and the VFLW competitions to Victoria this weekend. Uh, in round 10 of the VFL, Geelong will face Footscray. That'll be a curtain raiser at 4.10 on Friday afternoon at GMHBA Stadium. Um, the other, I suppose, disappointing thing from the community sports is uh, in regional areas, they'll be able to have a crowd, uh, but not in metro. So um, that's gonna, that'll obviously sting a lot of the metro clubs that rely on money over the bar and, and, and whatever gate takings that they can get their hands on. So... Um, it's it's a light at the end of a tunnel, but it, it is a long tunnel still by the looks of it at the moment. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So plenty to talk about and plenty that you can put on the agenda. Of course, your say on the news of the day. The big story uh, getting around today, and we'll get to Matt Finnis as well, who spoke to Jared Waitley uh, in just a moment. This initial story that was started off on Monday with Carolyn Wilson talking about conversations that she'd had with senior St Kilda officials who she said uh, were disappointed with uh, mainly Seb Ross, but maybe mainly Seb Ross, but, in a, but also in a small way, uh, Tim Membry, but mainly Seb Ross for, for heading home uh, to be with their families. That was uh, on Footy Classified on Monday. Um, Matt Finnis spoke to Jerry Waitley today and addressed that report and uh, and addressed that situation. So we'll get to that in just a minute as well. But uh, Collingwood, who just come off that incredibly impressive win over Melbourne uh, on the weekend, send Nathan Buckley off in style as his last act as a, as a Collingwood person, uh, or officially a Collingwood person. He'll always be a Collingwood person in the hearts and minds of the Magpie Army. Um, that was a, an incredible win, but Darcy Moore is the bad news today. He, the 25-year-old defender likely to miss the rest of the season after injuring the PCL in uh, his right knee in that Queen's birthday win over Melbourne. So he'll be in a leg brace for at least six weeks. Sam Edmund was onto this yesterday, and there was a story up at uh, sen.com.au. Uh, uh, but that's a big blow for Collingwood, who we know that finals weren't an option for. So, uh, But... When you, when you know that you're not going to play finals in a season, uh, as, a, as a fan, of, and I'm a fan of a side that absolutely won't be playing finals this season, you do want to see your best players out there because it's just one of the reasons that you keep going. Obviously, you go to support your team and you'll, you'll do that till the day you die because you're a diehard and you're side by side and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what makes it just a little bit more enjoyable is to see uh, players such as Darcy Moore getting around. So that's a, a bit of pill to swallow today, not only for him, but for the whole Collingwood community, and I'd say the AFL community as well. He's wonderful to watch in full flight, uh, is Darcy Moore. Uh, Dan's in Geelong who wants to talk about crowds. Hello, mate. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. 
Good, good. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, with the crowd and whatnot, it's great to see that we've got a, a few there. And um, I just I just don't know why it's not any bigger in the fact that uh, regional Victoria hasn't had a case since October last year. Um, and there's a reason why we live in regional Victoria and we're not in Melbourne. So, yeah, it's just a shame that we can't have our games going and maybe have a few more games down in regional Victoria. There's some really good uh, local states that could hold people. Well, I think Geelong hasn't had one since September or October. I'd have to double-check that. But, ben, I mean, Bendigo had a couple of cases during the last um, wave, I suppose, or whichever, however you want to refer to it as. But for the for the last spread that we went through, I think there were some cases in Bendigo, which is regional Victoria. Uh, so it's not all of regional Victoria that hasn't had a case. But, but certainly Geelong, I think you're right, Dan, hasn't been for maybe around September, I think I heard said today. And that's, that's part of the frustration, isn't it? And do you feel that frustration living in a part of Victoria that has been pretty much uh, free and clear for that amount of time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I work in um, I work in healthcare. I provide um, yeah one-on-one healthcare to people, and um, yeah, I wasn't able to work for a week recently. Um, and yeah, it's just there's no cases here, and uh, yeah, it's affecting all of us, I suppose. Unless you're a construction worker, you get to keep going to work. But yeah, there's a whole heap of people that couldn't go to work, and there's no cases down here. So yeah, it's affecting us all. Uh, yeah, I'm very lucky, Dan, uh, like anyone else who's been able to remain employed during this time, and you do keep reminding yourself of that, that uh, if you ever wake up and have one of those days where you might be kicking the dirt a little bit or the bottom lip is uh, slightly descending, that you do just use that as a, a great way to remind yourself that it could be a lot worse. So, uh, yeah, no, you've got... Uh, it's a good perspective that you bring to the table on it, and, uh, and I thank you for doing so. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. John's in Adelaide. G'day, John. Yeah, mate. How yeah, are you, mate. John? You're on air, mate. Go for it. Yeah, just a date and McKay hit on uh, Clark. I just think he's got to get a minimum of four weeks. They've got to set. They've got to rub this stuff out. The game. If they don't rub it out, players going to still do it. And I just feel for Clark. He's going to be out for about eight or ten weeks. So I think he's got to get a minimum of four, like. Lee Matthews quoted. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, we've all played the game, so uh, they've got to set a real good example because there's going to be that many claims. John, when you say rub, when, John, when you say rub this stuff out, what what's what stuff exactly? Hitting the head, contact with the head. You know, breaking the jaw. That's. Yeah, you know, shattered his jaw. The do you think? Bugger. Do you think you know, he? Like, do you think John that he intended to to break his jaw? But he's put himself in that situation for that to happen. John, he played the game. Just a quick question: um, with the fact that the MRO Michael Christian didn't think there was a case to answer here because he didn't believe that David McKay was actually bumping, that he was actually attempting to win the ball off the ground. What What yeah, would well, you like to see eradicated? Because that's not a bump, then. So that's, it's been deemed that this isn't a bump. And if you look, if you read the report, if you read the statement from the AFL, they have said whether he's contesting the ball or not, they want to see this tested, and they believe that this was unreasonable and careless. Oh yeah. No, so, yeah. so this yeah. isn't a bump. That's what I'm. My, my point is, I'm all with you eradicating, you know, bumps to the head. But this actually isn't a bump. This is an. In, this is contact caused when two people just make the ball their intent, which is going to happen that's in a right. contact sport that's played at high speed. That's right. That's right. And that's the trouble now. They've got to do something. They've got all these 
these compensation claims coming at the AFL left, right and centre, concussion and all that, they've got to do something about this. If they don't, it'll mostly, it'll mostly bankrupt the AFL. That's my opinion, anyway. We're probably merging two different conversations there, John, and, and I take your point on what's coming possibly from a litigious nature, of a litigious nature from the AFL, from past players, and, and the very sad stories that we're hearing of the effects of concussion, which are um, just devastating, and we don't want that at all. I mean, what's at, what's at question here, though, is something completely different. This is the AFL trying to get the tribunal to implement a new law, which is not their job. So when the MROs looked at this, it said, well, there isn't a case to answer here. The AFL wants something. They want something to change. They want they want to take these moments out of the game, which if that's the prerogative, that's the prerogative. But as I said last night, if that's what you want, don't use the tribunal to do your work. Come out and say that from now on, there's a speed limit or there is a, a distance that you can't attack the ball from because this isn't a bump. And, and I know that there's people that think that the feet leave, leave the ground, but the feet leave the ground once the contact's made, not launching into the contact. This is a player going to win the ball. Nothing, there's nothing, I've watched it over and 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 again. This is not a bump. This is two players looking to get the ball. And sadly, and we all feel for Hunter Clark, absolutely, we all feel for Hunter Clark. Sadly, he's come off second best when two people have gone for the ball. And we had, I think, got to that great place, hadn't we? Spoke about this last night. We got to that great place in assuring players that if you play the ball, you'll be looked after. Be a ball player, the rules will look after you. Now we're looking at changing the goalpost of that, aren't we? So it is confusing. And when when we want to, when we're wanting to penalise the person who's hunting the footy more than the person hunting the man in other cases, purely based on the outcome of it, so we are waiting to see tomorrow night whether a speed limit or a distance limit is going to be applied in footy. We actually train these guys, don't we, to be finely tuned physical specimens, all to give them every chance of doing exactly what these two blokes were trying to do, get there first. So we train them to be fast as they can, strong as they can, so that they can get the ball first. They can make up the ground to get there first. And we make them strong enough so that when they do get there, they can withstand any physical contact. So it's curious now if, if this is held up or this, the AFL gets the suspension they want, whether does that mean we train the players less? Do we, do we want them to be less physically capable? It's a strange one, isn't it? it, it there's a call that called up Jared yesterday speaking about being pulled over for not actually having broken a law. And I was driving along today thinking about that, that if I was involved in a crash and I'd obeyed every single rule that there currently was on the road, then what, what would I actually be charged for if I'd been in a crash? but I actually hadn't done anything wrong by any of the current laws. It's, it's, it, this is what's happening here, that we, we are trying to get someone suspended when they, actually, when they actually haven't broken a current law, but we want a new law coming in. See, that's, that's not right. That's not right. So we, you might be someone who says, I want these acts gone, and that's totally reasonable from, from, from your point of view. You want this gone. But there's nothing to say that, this, this, that, that McKay's not allowed to do this. There is nothing to say that he's not allowed to do this. So we can't punish him for a law that doesn't exist as much as we might want that law. What needs to happen is the game, if they want that law, make it a law and then explain exactly how it worked because this is just creating grey area. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. John, thank you. Jared, Sam, Chris, Craig, Brian, 
You're up after this. Time on, you're saying the news of the day, SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic Sales Event now on. What I would say is that, um, um, you know, like any organisation that's in a highly competitive industry, um, you know, we debate these decisions. Um, But ultimately, uh, once decisions are made... um, we get behind the players and we give them our support and we get on with our business. No, I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, you can, be, you can be disappointed, but you can be understanding. I, I don't think emotions are mutually exclusive. You know, I think um, as a CEO, I'd, I'd love to have our best players on the park. I, I do that every week. But as a father, I also understand that, um, you know, that we've got to prioritise what we know is important within our own families. And, and no one can know that except for the families themselves. And I, I just feel like, you know, sometimes we, we can have a lack of empathy um, about that in the way in which these things are discussed. Well, I think what we, what we did, Joe, was just to check if there's anything more that the club could do to help um, the guys feel supported. Um, so, you know, if that's about checking in um, and and debating, then, then absolutely that's part of what we do. But um, I think our players know, um, and we've got a, a pretty consistent record of this as a footy club, is that we'll always put family first and, and they'll be supported with those decisions. That's St Kilda CEO Matt Finner speaking to Jared Waitley today. Uh, he was asked if there are any misgivings from senior Saints figures uh, about Seb Ross and Tim Embry heading home. Uh, the middle pit of audio was uh, him being asked whether they were disappointed with Seb Ross going home uh, and also whether Seb Ross was asked to stay. So there's plenty more to that chat and we'll work our way through that audio and you can hear the full chat sen.com.au as part of the Waitley podcast and you can have your say on it, 1300 736 736, your say on the news of the day. Uh, We do it all for the Essendon GWM Havel. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on. Hey, thanks to who it was that said that there wasn't any confirmed case in Benigo this year. It was exposure sites, but nothing locally. I could have sworn they got a case. But thank you for calling me out on that and correcting me on that. I appreciate it. No cases in regional Geelong since October last year um, has come through as well. So I appreciate all those updates as well. A heap of text that I'll get to on the McKay incident, 0433981116. And I thank you for those. And um, there was someone wasn't happy with the way that I was engaging with the last caller and saying that, why do you bother taking calls? You don't listen. You're argumentative and you talk down to people. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. I was actually asking, I think I asked three questions to that caller. So I don't know how I'm speaking down to someone by asking them questions and asking them to elaborate on their point a bit more. But uh, you can't please everyone, can you? So stick with me. Hopefully I can get it right for you. I appreciate the feedback. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. John's in Alfington. Hello to you, John. Oh, good day there. Um, I've been on hold for a bit, so I'm not sure what other people have said in uh, the lead up to this. But I, I just wanted to comment about, you know, this bump and... Um, Look, my concern is that I don't think that needs a new law. I think I think he's in trouble. I think he should be in trouble because he was travelling at such speed, and that's fine. But no one approaches the ball at that speed, sideways and off the ground, and he didn't actually get the ball. It's hard to make a case that he was kind of going for the ball. I think he knew. I reckon he probably knew exactly what he was doing. I don't think that he intended to 
hurt the guy in the way that uh, it transpired. But if you're running at the ball at that speed, you, the usual thing is to run at it uh, front on. But he came in on the side, and if he's coming on the side, then clearly he's wanting to brace himself. And if he wants to brace himself, then part of that has to involve a bump. And if it, the bump is to the head, then he needs to be rubbed out. John, I appreciate the call. Uh, this is the, the intriguing thing about it all because you and I are looking at the same thing and we're seeing it in completely different ways and that's part of the beauty of, I think, all sport, that it's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? It really, it really is. It, it, it does go side on and he's off the ground. It's not. It's pretty rare to approach the ball that way when you're if, if he, trying if he to ran, go for the ball. If he ran from the distance that he did sideways, John, I think that would have looked quite extraordinary. Um, I think he ran full no. on and then turned as we... I, turned, I've, I've yeah. been in a lot of coaching clinics with, with, with ex-AFL players hosting yeah. them and, and, I, and I watched them teach little kids on how to pick up the ball and what... McKay did is exactly what I've seen Simon Black teach kids uh, Richard Champion when I was living in Brisbane as well so I hear what you're saying that he did turn to the side but he turned to the side to try and pick up the ball because that's how kids are taught but he didn't pick up the ball so but, but he was he aiming but, that, but that's what he, he went to pick up they both did they both bent down to try and pick up the ball and the collision came and yep he was running a bit, I, he I, came from a bit further and he and he was running a bit faster which isn't a crime can I ask you can I ask you a question, though, just Please. in relation to that? Yeah. Do you think it's it's potentially possible for someone to um, do exactly the same, disguise it, but with the intention of actually effectively hurting someone? Um, that's the tricky thing, right? Well, I, think, I think players are smarter than what we give them credit for. Maybe not all of them, but some of them are quite smart, actually, and they know exactly what they're doing, and they disguise it very well. Great question. Um, great question, John. And I think that... And, and we're not mind readers, and I, I always pity... No, I, I always feel sorry for umpires that are now being asked to be mind readers with insufficient intent and a few other things. But David McKay's played 236 games... I don't think he's ever been reported. And I listened to uh, Jared Lyon speaking about him today, saying this is just so, like he, this is one of the nicest and 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 clean of intent and fair-minded footballers that he's ever played with in his time. So there might be some players who who through time have have said, "Yeah, I am going to hurt someone today," and we, we've we've seen that over the years. I don't sure. reckon this guy's one of them, John. I, I really don't. No, I don't, don't think so either. And I think, uh, to be honest, I think that needs to be taken into account, as in it's, it's got a good record and, you know, and the rest of it. But um, if we're trying to... I mean, the jaw the jaw's gonna re, is going to get repaired. The, the bigger issue, of course, is the brain, which is like a, a jelly substance in a, in a solid mm. box that just um, wobbles around, and mm. um, that doesn't repair, you know. It really doesn't. No. Um, um, but, you yeah, know, we're, we're not mind readers. Some of us try to be, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not. Hey, John, um, I, you won't get any argument from me about the, the, the sacrosanct. Uh, now, I'm not even going to try and... The, the, you won't get any argument from me that the head is sacrosanct. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and this is what... Uh, this is the whole contention of it was, was, was that the player... What was the intention of the player, which I think we're losing that in this. Uh, and so it's going to be fascinating to see exactly how this plays out t tomorrow night. It is a case like we've never seen tested or, or put up before. 
Um, it is, and, and if it is upheld, then this does change the whole face of the game. One of the basic pillars of it is see ball, go and get the ball. Go and get the ball and then go and kick a goal. That's essentially it. That's footy. Win the ball, kick the goal. This is now putting a caveat on how you can go about winning the ball. We always thought now under the new rules that if you made the ball your object, you'd be protected. So this is something different if it gets upheld and it doesn't chip away at a basic pillar. So we'd need to be really clear then all the way from the top level down to juniors on what is acceptable, what's not acceptable and how you go about trying to win the football. Uh, it, it's, it, it can change the whole face of the game. Which So I, I was nervous the other week with the Nick Holman one. I'm far more nervous about tomorrow night than I was about the Nick Holman incident. one three hundred seven three six. 736 is the number. Sam's in Noble Park. Hello, Sam. Yeah, mate. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. That's good, mate. Firstly, love listening to your show, mate. Good job. Thank you. Um, secondly, just wanted to add this uh, the whole McKay thing. So I think, this is, again, just my opinion, but I think this is just going getting taken completely the wrong way. Um, I heard you early in the show as well. I think it's very important to see what the intent is of the of the player. Um and if if you're genuinely telling me that uh, you know he should be getting four weeks off because his intent was to win the football, uh, I think that's uh, that's really unfair on him. Really, really unfair. And look, you know, unfortunately, and it's very sad that Hunter Clark has to miss, miss pretty much, from what I understand, the rest of the season now. Mm. Um, what the outcome of this action is shouldn't really impact. In this case, I reckon, because if he was to, instead of breaking his jaw, break the tooth, misses a week, do you think it gets looked at the same way as him now missing the season? Uh, so he gets no. judged no, I harshly, I think, because of the fact that Hunter Clark, and which, which makes sense. If, if the act was malicious, and trust me, nine out of ten times you can tell just by the action on what the player was intending to do. If his intent wasn't to hurt the player, if it was just just to win the footy, and on because of that, Hunter Clark now has to make miss nine weeks, which is unfortunate and very very sad. Mm. But physical contact, this will happen. Yeah, and, and if if they're really looking to eradicate that altogether, this is going to sound very stupid, but we love looking at you know people um, taking speckies. You know how hard the knee hurts when it hits your head. That's that's well that can cause concussion, yep. but it looks pretty. You know, it's a spectacular view. You, you rewind it seven times. You love commentating yep. about it, but it just looks good for the game. Yep. But is it good for the player? No. No, and John, uh, Sam, you make a great point. There are thousands of moments within a game that could cause injury, but are they football acts? Are they football moments or are they non-football moments? So what Jordan Dugowie did is a non-football act. Now we we know that. That, that is a non-football act to try and take someone out. And, and the, the mandate on that is very clear. If you decide you want to bump a player and you get them high, then you are responsible for the outcome. So that's, to me, far worse than what David McKay did. But, but Jordan Ngoi, and this isn't a crack at Jordan Ngoi, this is just the example. Jordan Ngoi gets a week and now we're asking the tribunal to give David McKay three weeks to suspend him for something that there actually isn't a rule in place for. As Gary Lyons said, we're now looking to suspend someone because of how hard they went to win the ball. And he never thought he'd ever...
been a situation where that was being challenged. As Jerry Waitley has said several times, what this will all be is about is, is it careless, the way that he went about it? Is it unreasonable, the way that David McKay went about it? I believe the answer to both those questions is no. And the third question is, is there another alternative? And there is another alternative, but over 150 years of playing this game, that hasn't been taught to us. What has been taught to us from day one is go and win the ball. Be fair, but go and win the ball. So that's this is this is a, this is a, a watershed moment in the game. This is a, a a pivotal pivotal moment in the history of the game. Make no mistake about that. That's not being overly dramatic. That is exactly what this is. One of the basic fundamentals is being challenged now, and it, and it, and it and it, ha- and it will change. I'm not saying soft or anything like that, but it will change the way the game will be played forever if it gets the three weeks. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. More calls after this. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Tradies, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on 600 Mount Alexander Road. Bit of a harder, harder decision these days, isn't it? Is it, um, is it a harder decision? Are you, are you sitting there now going, right, what do I do in that instance? Uh, a little bit, I think. Um, whatever happens on Thursday is probably going to change the game a little bit. But, look, once you see the ball, you're never going to try to pull out of a contest. You're just going to try and get it. So, um, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a tough one, and I'm sure they'll deal with it whatever way they think. So that's Western Bulldog Bailey Dale saying that uh, whatever happens, it's going to change the game, and they're already starting to think, should I or shouldn't I? But in the end, their decision will be, if, if I'm, my, my intent is to win the ball, so I'm going to go try and win the ball. So... Um, if we decide now that in your act of trying to win the ball fairly and squarely that you uh, injure a player, that that might always end. And people are saying that this will be the norm. If you hurt anybody in any way, shape or form in, in, in making contact with their head in five to ten years' time, this will just be automatic. Um, so it is a banner. It is a watershed. It is a pivotal moment in the history of the game. But the players are still going to go and try to win the ball. So we, we may see more of these and we'll see more players suspended for actually not breaking a rule of the game, but just because there's an injury that occurred that they will get rubbed out. It's a different look, isn't it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six off the text. Players will go and win the ball but need to care about other players. You've been instructed to drive on green lights, but that doesn't mean you keep on driving when someone is jaywalking and hit him and then say, I was following the rules. But this isn't, AG, this isn't cars versus people. These are people versus people. And what you're talking about, what we're talking about here is the fact that if there's two cars driving now, everybody's going to be very cordial and allow people to merge into their lane. Just say, oh, would you like to... Yeah, you go. No, no, sorry, I didn't want to... There's, there's not really a gap there, and I, and I thought I was in that gap first, but just in case we don't want to crash the car, after you, sir. So it'll be very amenable, the game. That'll be, it's very convivial, the way we, uh, we're going to end up going about it. I'm being facetious, of course, but it is effectively putting a speed limit. Uh, or a distance limit on how fast the players can run and how far they can run to try and win the ball. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Craig's been waiting really patiently, and I, and I appreciate that, Craig. Hello to you in Mornington. Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I make my point, it's a shame you can't debate you on your own show. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got three points. The first point, if I was the legal defence for uh, David McKay, I would have said, where's Hunter Clark's duty to look after himself, number one? Uh, number two, David McKay's had 236 games, never been charged. There's got to be a discount there somewhere. And number three, because I'm a Crows member, mate, that's the reason they lost the game, because they went hard enough. 
That's interesting, isn't it? And, and, and that might be a change in our vernacular, Craig. I mean, we laud that act... Um, and people spoke. There's been Crows fans that have been ringing in today. I heard one speaking to Sam Evans saying, "If you watch what happens after that, it was um, it was a turning point in the game. He, he made that desperate attempt to win the footy. They actually get possession, and I think went go down and get a goal. I've got to go double check what happens after it. But but there are Crows fans been ringing up all day saying it was a key moment. It was the key moment in the game. So maybe we don't lord that anymore and contested possessions becomes a thing that we just put to the back in terms of statistics. We've had a few people texting that in on the temper text that it's up to commentators now to not encourage and not highlight people running back with the flight or people, you know, running at breakneck speed to do all or nothing their last, you know, that 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 desperate of most desperate attempts to try and win the the, the ball running from, you know, 100 metres away at full flight and keep going through. Um it may be, and there may be some truth in that about how we we go about even promoting and praising acts on the football field. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sam's in Ainsbury. G'day, Sam. Yep. Hello. G'day, Sam. You're on air. Oh, g'day, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's all right. Uh, I um, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm thinking up about the uh, tribunal itself, actually, not just the case tomorrow night. I think the, um, how can we have any confidence in the result that's going to happen when it's a lucky dip? Like last, about four weeks ago, remember the Nick Holman one where he chases down the tackles, gets a two-week suspension? Yes, it got overturned. That's great. There's another one, March Bank got a two-week suspension for a hip and shoulder but didn't spoil. I can understand that one. The worst one I've seen the last two years of being suspension was the Marlon Pickett suspension. It was a head-high tackle, and that's it. And he cops a week. Month of the weekend, cops are fine for the exact same thing. Tex Walker, hip, uh, elbows are going the back of the head. That's a fine. Where's the consistency of decisions on people's head high, like on their head? You can't have one because it's a week, because uh, it's a big rut. That's not only a head-high tackle. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, Sam, it, it does, and I and I I share the I suppose the the frustration about not under you know, and I don't understand either why the non-footballing acts aren't penalised more than the footballing acts, um, but you know we may get explanations on that at some point. Fingers crossed. Uh, Joe's in Roville. G'day, Joe. G'day, Sammy. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, I just my view is um, if McKay gets rubbed out, I reckon it's like a disgrace. I mean. I think COVID has wrecked the game enough as it is. So if we're going to have rub plays out for going hard at the ball, mate, we may as well start following that ball, in my, in my opinion. You know? Because, look, I spend $600 a year on my membership and I can't even go. I've been to four games in two years, OK? So why are we even talking about these issues of a, a legitimate contest at the ball? It's not like a king hit behind play or... It was a rough play. It could have been Hunter on the other end. It could have been him. Um, I mean, it could have been, yeah, you know what I mean? Mm. Yep, no, Joe, I, I hear you. Um, hang in there. Hopefully you'll be able to get back to the footy uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, Fog's in Greensburg. G'day, Fog. How you going? I'm good, thank you. Um, now, this whole Mackay situation, what if there was the same thing happened to prelim and say it's Richmond v Brisbane and it's Dusty in Mackay's shoes, and he comes full tilt, exactly like Mackay did. Same thing happens. Does he get suspended for a grand final? Well, the conspiracy theorists would say no, and they'd probably there'll be uh, 
people that don't barrack for Richmond that will point to the Trent Cochin um, incident from a few years ago. Um, I, I did ask the question the other night, Simon, would you be happy to see someone lose a Brownlow for, for what David McKay did? Would you be happy to see someone miss a grand final for doing what David McKay did? Um, if we take... And I don't want to dismiss Hunter Clark, his injury, because we're all feeling for him. Three uh, pretty significant injury outcomes from that. Um, and I certainly don't want to feel like I'm being cold-hearted towards that. I'm, I'm not. I'm just looking at this on the pure footballing side of it. Um, but thanks for the call, Fog. Really appreciate it. Simon in Lang Warren. G'day, Simon. Yeah, g'day, mate. Far away. <laughs> uh, I was talking about the same thing. I've been relenting to talk about this, but my theory on it is, is that kids, when they grow up, little, they're bouncing the footy, they play footy their whole lives, they've got a footy in the hand when they're age of two, they learn you do not lead with the head. And I think times have changed a little bit. And from that incident, Mackay and Hunt, I see that I watched it live, and Hunt went in head first for the football. Mackay came running through, and my dad always said to me, you do not lead with your head. Always turn your body. Protect yourself. And I saw that, and I thought the incident came along because Hunt, unfortunately, did not protect himself. He went in head first. And times have changed. My juniors at my my son's football club, they all wear their helmets mm. and to protect their heads because they haven't learnt the football initiative just yet, the instinct where as you grow up, you know, turn your body a little bit and when that bump comes, it's there. So it, it's just a natural instinct and I think that the footballers these days, they go in head first, committed, fully committed, but they just don't have that natural instinct like a Patrick Dangerfield, uh, Zach Merritt, all those blokes that go in there, you'd never see them get hit in the head. They always seem to just manage to turn at the right time. It's just a natural instinct. And I think that um, it's like turning your back on yep. goal when you yeah, play yeah. and turn around. And they turn their back on goal. Simon, uh, great point. Uh, it's a great point you make about how we teach the kids now to, to bend down to pick up the ball and because uh, this will reverberate all the way through uh, no matter what happens tonight. So, And I know there'll be junior coaches looking at this going, well, what on earth do I tell them now? Oz kick coaches, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it does have major ramifications. Uh, and to this text as well... Um, Call out the sexist, ignorant comments, please. Netball is a tougher game than people realise. Pretty sure the bloke's saying better to go and watch netball. Couldn't run out a quarter. Rob, uh, I should have called that out. Uh, I, I think what the point he was trying to make was um, do we want football to be non-contact? Um, but you're right. Um, I think that throwaway line now is disrespectful to, to netball uh, in its own right as well. So thank you for that. I, I appreciate that and uh, and appreciate you holding me to account as well. one 736 736 Brian, I'll finish off with you on the other side of this. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic Sales Event now on.
Uh, Lockie McNeil signed a two-year contract extension with the Dogs, and nine-year-old uh, was a uh, rookie draft pick this year and uh, debuted in round one. Has played an all but one game in his first season, so well done to him to getting that contract extension. Pat Cummins, Glenn Maxwell, Dave Warner, Steve Smith, Marcus Stoinis, Joe Richardson, and Kane Richardson have withdrawn from Australia's upcoming uh, winter tours: West India and Bangladesh. So Smith has got an elbow injury. The other six have requested not to be considered for the tour for various reasons in a statement according to Cricket Australia. So not a heap of time left. Sorry, Pete, I've got about 20 seconds, but quickly jump on and make your point, mate. Sorry. Go for it, Pete. You've got about 15 seconds. Sorry, mate, we're out of time. Go for it. Oh, sorry, mate. I just, yeah, I can't hear what's going on, but just um, what, what are they trying to do? Like, you know, everyone who enters the field knows the dangers and, you know, you've got to accept it. There's a thousand footballers, there's hundreds of thousands of footballers out there that have uh, been injured playing footy, local level, and uh, no one's going back. Oh, sorry, Pete. We're out of time. Uh, Talking City up next. Good luck to all those uh, in the gazies tonight as well. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.